Hey everybody, welcome to Popcorn Not Included. A really crazy thing happened. Matt watched a Harry Potter movie. I mean, do they know it's really crazy? I I think it's... I, I did not think that I would be able to get you to watch these, if ever, until we had <laughs> kids. And yeah. like I w- would show the kids. So like until we had school-aged kids. Yeah, I expected you to hold out on this for way longer. I'm yeah, I don't know. I've just yeah, so we we watched uh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer/Philosopher's Stone depending on your territory. Well, the movie the weird. movie is the Sorcerer's Stone. Oh, I don't know. Wikipedia still said both. Really? Yeah. I thought it was like it was uh, still You know what? I don't that's what I thought I read, but now it's ringing a very faint bell that they they uh, merged the I think the they titles. had to pick, yeah. Yeah. Mm, no, it says Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. They're released in the United States, India, and Pakistan is Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Why U.S., India, and Pakistan? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's an That's a weird decision. grouping of countries. <laughs> not U.S., Canada, and Mexico? Like, not North America? Whatever. I've always thought that distinction was uh, very funny uh, because our obviously our understanding of a philosopher is a... Yeah, it's wildly different. It's different, yeah. Yeah. Aristotle's rock. <laughs> Harry Potter and Aristotle's Sir, rock. Socrates and, and his shiny stone. Anyway. Anyway. We we watched the first one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the reason we're, we're doing this is uh, I've never read or watched or really done anything with the Harry Potter series. Mm-hmm. And of course it is wildly popular. If you're, if you're listening, it's a good chance you are much more acquainted with it than me. So yeah, I don't think we're going to hold our tongues about spoilers here. Kind of at all. No, it's old. It's, yeah. This is a 2001 movie, which <laughs> I mean, it, it's not that old, but I feel like everybody who, who cares about spoilers um, yeah. has already already knows them yeah all so yeah yeah, there's kind of no reason with this even though i would say we would probably still do that with some older movies um you know kind of it just depends yeah yeah case by case basis but we're not going to do that with this because it doesn't make sense so you know Mm -hmm. snape kills dumbledore all that oh not in this movie (laughs) but you know not in this movie just very advanced spoilers for the series as i understand see that's the thing is like because they're so culturally prevalent, I know things about the series. I know that. Mm-hmm. I know various vocabulary from the series and concepts from the series and all that stuff and the various iconography from it. Right. But you don't know why. Yes. I and don't I, know how, what the story actually is and how things connect and play out. Right. And I would argue that that, like, I remember when we were waiting for the sixth book to come out or the seventh book to come out. Um is it? Yeah, yeah. And and there's this, you know, the 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 two. They had all of the merchandise for Snape, good Snape, bad. Um, mm-hmm. Trust Snape, don't trust Snape. Um, because nobody knew. Um, <laughs> what and and that was that was fun. Um, and yeah, so it's it is definitely a spoiler to know things like that. But the why in the story, I think, is um, like when to see what's going on at large is is more fun and interesting then because it's you know like for breaking bad i knew some major things for that but Mm -hmm. i didn't know the story and so it was perfectly good for me to watch yeah i mean i think the fun of of a good story it's nice to not be spoiled on things but i think that i think a truly good great story will 
will hold up to you being spoiled on elements of it. Mm-hmm. It's seeing it play out. It's um, yeah, the actual moments and characters and scenes and all that mm-hmm. that that are the magic of it. No pun intended, but you know, if you want, uh-huh. you can take it as a pun because uh-huh. magic. There's no such thing as magic. Um, so why don't, why don't you give your little spiel on like the movies aren't as good as the books and they do this and that, et cetera, et cetera, (laughs) to just establish a baseline. So we don't, you know, cause we're going to be talking about the movies Mm -hmm. because I have no, I I will. They are, there are, there are a lot. The first couple aren't very long. The, the latter four are quite long. You mean the books? Yes. Yes. Um, the, the just, movie times increase as well. But so it's it's a big commitment to read the books. I understand that there are people who just aren't gonna do that, though not they at are this better. stage in my life. Yeah. So but I, I I think I'm gonna go ahead and say like, okay, we'll we'll watch the next one and we'll talk about it and we'll see how it goes. Um and you know, because I expect them to get more interesting instead of less. So I uh, sure. Mm-hmm. Um I've always because when people have pitched me on Harry Potter, you know, they say, well, yeah, the first few books are definitely kids books. And mm-hmm. then they take a step up and you know, the movies do the same thing. They get a little, you know, they get more, um, not adult, not bad, mature. Way, but, but mature. Yeah, yeah. They get more mature, um, and more complicated as the series goes on. And it's like, oh, that sounds interesting, but I don't know if I want to wade through the first three or four of them, however long, but until I get to the point where it's interesting, you know, that's I would never the, say that it, they weren't interesting to begin with because I think that they're they're good. Um, there there's definitely a childlikeness and an innocence to the first few, mm-hmm. but that's critically important because you know Harry's eleven; they're all eleven. Um, and yeah, you, you get getting to go through all of that with them is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm sorry, I I uh, you want me to I talk got about you the off books. track. Well, I wanted I would I just wanted you to give I you've I've heard this from yeah. you, but just as a baseline for listeners in terms of what your opinions are about the books versus the movies. But again, it's a movie. This is our movie podcast. We didn't and sometimes TV <laughs> didn't say that <laughs> at the top. Gotta get in. in case in case you didn't know. Uh-huh. So uh, it's not our it's not our book cl- club po- podcast because no. I would never have anything to talk about. <laughs> um yeah, no. So I watched I think the first four movies before or no maybe i think it was just the three i'm not sure if it was three or four mm-hmm. before i read the books and then i read i think through four i could read four and then i had to wait for each other one to come out um but yeah i i grew up with these i think i watched the first movie not in the theater but as soon as it was out on dvd and that came out in 2001 so i was yeah, I was quite small. I told Matt, I told Matt is that this is this was the scariest movie I had ever seen at the time because um, it, it is pretty darn scary. But I was an easily scared kid. Um, well, yeah. How, how old would you have been in two thousand one? Mm-hmm. Eight. When you saw them for the first, I mean, eight yeah, or nine. It, 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 yeah, that this would be a pretty scary movie. Mm-hmm. You know, there are definitely parts of it that would would freak a kid out mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Um, I love the books. I really do. Um, I, by and large, if I have seen the book and a movie, I, you can pretty consistently count on me to prefer the book, but that's just my Mm -hmm. typical leaning. I prefer the, I, I like to make up the visuals in my own head. Um, and I like reading the story and, and the author's descriptions of things. 
J.K. Rowling is a phenomenal writer and a phenomenal storyteller. The, the movies are adequate. Um, they're, they're fine. They're, I buy and <laughs> by and large, I mean, I like the movies. I'm, I'm glad that they exist. If you have any for, for non readers like me, <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, I'm glad they exist for me. It's fun uh-huh. to have to get to see them, um, in this medium. And especially so because I had seen the first few movies before I read the books, mm-hmm. like Harry, Ron and Hermione, were always Daniel Radcliffe and Rupert Grant Nemes Watson for me. So, do Do you think you would have gotten into them otherwise without the movies? Or probably not. Did, um, okay, so they they probably got you into it. I mean, yeah. For me, that's Lord of the Rings. I would never have probably read Lord of the Rings without those movies. Yeah, it's not really my genre. I'm not a big fantasy sure. kind of girl. Um, well, it really drew a, a huge audience that wasn't necessarily drawn to genre fiction Mm -hmm. in in that way and obviously it was a huge phenomenon yeah Um, but so if if you have if you like to read then i i would implore you to read the books first um you don't have to go all the way through before you read them i know we have family members who read one watched one read one watched one i think that's a great model for that Mm. um but if you if you do just have to watch the movies that i think that's far better than nothing because i I we're, think they're great. We're counting on people. <laughs> yes. Get, if you've gotten to this point in the podcast and you're completely unacquainted, then, well. Well, hey. Um, we, but we, yeah. we were counting on you not uh, not to be in that it's category. Fine. The, the, the books are, yes, the books are probably my truer love. I have a couple. Yeah. A couple things about the movies are a little disappointing, but in some ways, I think that's just the nature of the beast. Um, Adaptation, yeah. For long books. These are long, detailed books with a lot of characters and a lot of subplots. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I mean, a lot of people say the books are too long. I don't mind <laughs> me a too long book. Well. Um, so. Those, there are much, much longer popular series out there. <laughs> I, the, the latter three are all, like, over 800 pages. They're, like, seven, 800 pages. That's still... Is that still shorter than well i mean like i know the f- the fantasy genre in particular has gotten very bloated <laughs> yeah um and so yeah there's it, it infamously it, it the books it always takes them forever to get back to hogwarts there's always a little bit too much of harry's miserable at the dursleys um before oh, well, you get back to hogwarts spoilers for me for, <laughs> for me for me i don't know what's coming next sure but the books and <laughs> and the board yes you could maybe skim some of that out but i love the characters and so i don't mind um like kind of maybe some deleted should have been deleted scenes that stayed in the book mm-hmm. uh that's fine with me mm-hmm. okay so well how long do you think it's been since you saw this last um you just got the urge to like, oh, I want to yeah. watch the Harry Potter movies. Yeah, uh, three or four years maybe. And I was like, okay, great, you go do that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I reread the books not um, this last summer, but the summer before, so 2017. I yeah. read the books again, and that was so much fun. I loved doing that. Um, but I didn't watch the movies again because it's a lot. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so it's probably been three or four years since I had seen this. Th- this oh, one okay. definitely because the first one isn't one that you're prone to watching as much yeah mm-hmm. yeah i get that so what are your your general impressions of this movie um you know either either kind of when you first watched it and or, or and you know maybe how you've your views have, have changed on it if they have yeah um so when i 
<laughs> these are, they, they definitely have a, a soft spot for me where I can kind of always just watch them and be happy. It's, it's kind of like a happy place thing. It's nostalgic. Yeah. But there's just, there's a comfort to them and just like, oh man, I, I love this. Um, and I have, that has changed a little bit over the years for me. I did get burned out on them, I think in high school. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, but, and yeah, which is how it, a couple of summers ago, I was like, I, I want to reread those. It's been a long time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I had never been able to read them all straight through because I would have to wait for the next one and all of that jazz. So <laughs> the older I get, the more I do realize that the early ones are, are, are much more targeted towards children. Their children's stories, their more there's the real innocence to them and a sweetness to them that i like um and -hmm. yes is some of it a little bit dramatic or um a little bit much sure but because i'm so fond of them it doesn't bother me if that makes sense yeah i I think that's just that's that's very normal and natural Mm -hmm. and of course i'm coming to this this 2001 movie in 2019 for the first time with no childhood nostalgic connection to the series whatsoever. So it's a pretty different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and wow, like it's 2001 seems like 30 years ago <laughs> um, in, in film years, in film years in mm. some ways. And, Cause like this movie looks really old in, in sometimes it does. And I don't mean like bad necessarily, but just movies, uh, there's a visual quality to movies now that is just different. I felt like I could tell that it was shot on on film, and it was before ev- everything now is is so much CGI and everything. And obviously, it's definitely not modern. Obviously, there's some it. some computer generated creatures in this and stuff like that. Um, but a lot of the effects just seem like good old fashioned compositing. Like the Quidditch scene is. Um, it's just it's just a bunch of compositing and, and blue screen work that it, it's good enough. <laughs> it all it all it doesn't look um, like maybe totally convincing, but it also doesn't have that sort of like too good. So you don't believe anything quality that some movies do now mm. um, where it's just kind of weightless. Like it still feels somehow like, oh, this scene is a little bit more. Uh, magical or interesting because you know they had to shoot it completely different and and uh, there there is a lot of effort put in there uh, which is not to say that effort doesn't go into making modern action scenes look great um it's just a it's just a different era of of filmmaking there and they spent a lot of time on wild on bicycle seats strapped to broomsticks <laughs> wow they did <laughs> a lot of time <laughs> bicycle seats huh? mm-hmm. yeah they said they were really uncomfortable that's what they used in the two towers for uh mary and pippin sitting on the oh yeah the int arms mm-hmm. which was also very uncomfortable mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and speaking of that i mean 2001 it's contemporary with the fellowship of the ring which i pointed out and you immediately said that's not fair <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not fair well it's it's not it's it's super unfair um for sure you know just stay staying on the visuals of these movies like obviously lord of the rings is was a super super groundbreaking uh film a trilogy of films in terms of the visual effects and the presentation and just the richness of that world and there's so many ways that i was reminded of that 
Mm-hmm. Um, certain scenes, like uh, there's that forest at night where, and I was like, ah, oh, this kind of, there's some like blue night lit forest kind of stuff in Lord of the Rings. Um, there's some. The troll, of course. There's that. The, the biggest like one to one that we have. There's that. Uh, yeah. The troll. And, and it was like, Ooh, this troll versus the cave troll from, from the fellowship. Of one the is Ring. a kid's movie. Yes. <laughs> one is not. Well, the design, <laughs> this one has big goofy ears. The designs are, are, are quite different, mm-hmm. but I think also just in terms of, um, they, they had like five or six years to do pre-production on the Lord of the Rings, which is kind of unheard of now. Uh, the, the way that films kind and, and sort of, of course for Harry Potter, the amazing thing is that they made all of these films back to back and kept going. And, you know, they had a schedule that being the actors growing up. Yeah. It is impressive. <laughs> and it's impressive that they, they, they did it at all. Uh, much less, you know, the results there. You said what the first book came out in 1999. Yeah. It's either 98 or 99. Okay. I, I would, this is, a I want to say I 99 because I remember, um, cause they, they actually correlate to the, the first book came out when I was in kindergarten and the last movie came out when I was a senior in high school. 1997. Uh, in fact, it's almost fact ruined. checking. So it's very it's close, <laughs> um, to, I was, I was going into kindergarten, uh, when the first book came out and the last movie came out my senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. So it's the third, they, they were my childhood in a lot of ways. Sure. Sure. Um, so, you know, that's, that's f- four years after the, mm, the novel quick. came out. I think out. the first, that's pretty, pretty quick. The first two or three were out. It's certainly much quicker than, um, I don't remember. three or four decades between the yeah. Lord of the Rings and, and those movies. Uh, yeah. So she hadn't finished the series when they started right. doing the movies. Right. Mm-hmm. I was, I was also pointing out that, uh, it was, it was r- impressive that she didn't get too absorbed into the 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 process of making the series of films mm-hmm. um, that she neglected to, in fact, write the ending to the book series, and yeah, you, know, you don't you don't have to forget about writing. <laughs> I, I I that said, I do not care about the thing that I am referencing. I just think it's funny. It is funny. <laughs> it is. But yeah, I, I know that she had a hand in casting them, um, or at least like they kind of respected her opinions about the cast. Mm-hmm. And then there, as they went on and there were certain, um, like they, they would consult her as they were writing the screenplay, uh, and just ask like, so it's going to, cause there's one thing I remember, uh, in one of the movies that were like, that's a problem for the books. What are they doing there? And then they just ignore it in the next one. Hmm. <laughs> um, but, uh, I, I know she told a couple actors, some things to keep in mind that hadn't yet been written to, in order to uh, inform their performance. Yeah. Um, which is cool uh, mm-hmm. that, that of, again, she, she really had a plan and I, I respect her, her writing and storytelling so much for how much she had thought about her story and where she wanted to take it so that at the very beginning in the first movie, she can whisper um, to a couple actors, some key things to inform and, um, I just think that's cool. Yeah, it does seem like knowing some things that happen much later in the series, it does seem like that pieces are being set on the board for where they're going to eventually go, and mm-hmm. that and that's impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't that doesn't happen a lot. No, even when you think it it really 
should be happening. Um, like it's not 10 years down the line. It's two years down the line mm-hmm. in the case of, of some movies. And it's just like, um, I think that's so important. The, um, in, in TV, it's the showrunner in in what we've, we've have now these film serials, whether it's an adaptation of, you know, the Lord of the Rings trilogy or seven books in the Harry Potter series or the Marvel cinematic universe or, Star Wars or whatever it is, like it's so important to have somebody who's got a vision for the whole thing and is trying to make it harmonious, but also um, balance that between the individual creators and people involved in it and, and still like letting them have a voice in it because it's a film is an inherently collaborative artistic medium. Unlike, yeah, unlike books. I mean, books are not, contrary to maybe what some people think they're not just written by individuals cloistered off, you know, in an attic somewhere with a typewriter. Right. The, the editor is a huge part of that process and, um, early readers and stuff like that. So, um, that's not a solo thing either, but just the way that film is, um, it's much, much more collaborative than that by necessity. Yeah. Um, and so it, yeah, it's uh it's interesting and and that's that's one of the things that makes adapting a, a novel a book into a film a really difficult thing because you're not just passing it from one artist to another artist but you're passing it off to an entire team of people and in, in the case of something like this or any any fantasy or sci-fi stuff that that you have to have a lot of production design on um and a lot you know you're making stuff up essentially from scratch um, mm-hmm. that's a lot of people who have to be more or less on the same page to, to pull things off. And yeah, so let's talk about the, the film itself, um, apart from the book series, but just how it, it, uh, it hits you and what you think of this first installment. Uh, I guess more than anything, I think it's cute. <laughs> um, but I've, I've always been impressed that it, I, I th- like it while it might be a kids movie I think it it pushes kids more than I think a lot of kids movies do I talks about a sacrifice and it talks about like there are stakes and consequences um and it's not like maybe it's I don't know maybe in some ways like the character of Harry might be kind of cliche but it never feels that way to me um you know poor poor orphan Harry but, um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I, it's always felt really genuine to me growing up, especially seeing these more recently. I think the kids do a great job acting. I really think Dana Rodcliffe does a good job. Um, mm-hmm. I, I really do. Um, and having now seen a couple where I'm like, I don't know that that kid's doing great. Um, uh, you mean other movies? Yeah. Or yeah. Other, other movies. Okay. Yeah. There's, yeah, I think they actually, um, there are. There are a couple later movies where I don't think their acting is as good. I think they, mm. I think they grow up and start doubting a little bit. And um, there's there was a lot of pressure on, especially the three of them, as the movies kept going. And I can I cannot imagine what it would be like to be cast in this as eleven and just a yeah. They they had only done local stuff, and then all of a sudden you're this massive thing. Um, but no, I I think they're really good. Um, I like the characters. I, 
I think it's a little, it feels a little long, but there is kind of a lot to do and establish. How long is this movie? Maybe an hour 40. Is it? Is it under two hours? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's under two hours. Okay. okay. Maybe an hour 45. Okay. I can't imagine it's all the way to two hours. Um, it is 152 minutes. Uh, I'm wrong, I guess. <laughs> How long is that? Why do they do it in minutes? Why, why do they do that? Uh, Who does be, that help? To be irritating. It's like two and a half hours. The movie? Yeah, it's, it's, two, it's two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> uh, Wikipedia never lies. Well, I'm 152 just, minutes. I'm on the first That includes one. like the credits and stuff. Well, so I'm going to buy myself five sure, more minutes. <laughs> but uh, okay, it, it is to long. Me, to me, it felt like a long movie. It does. It feels a little long, um, but I don't want them to cut anything. Well, so. I mean, it, it, <laughs> it, you kind of need it to feel like a long movie. It's one of those uh, things that you're doing a whole year of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's it's very episodic. And, and that's kind of a classic formula. I mean, to me, it felt like so. I, I yeah, I wasn't necessarily sold on this, you know, even watching this when you sat down to watch it. So I, I got kind of like a little bit sucked in because at first I was just doing my my thing where I'm just being the peanut gallery. Um, you were just waiting for Hagrid to say just makes me You're a wizard. Harry. Yeah. Just it's like, oh, I know that line. I remember the ads for that. Yeah. Um, you're a wizard, Harry. You're you're you go. But uh, I, I I don't know I got I got kind of curious and so but I wasn't watching it with like the super super intently so I'm not gonna we uh, didn't know we were gonna be here <laughs> no we we didn't know, no um but we you know got talking afterwards and we we de- we definitely agree about some movies but we we have very different thoughts about about others and uh and we're coming from very different places on some of them so mm-hmm. that's the fun of it I think um. And certainly with this series, we have the, those very different backgrounds. So um, I wasn't watching with like the greatest uh, intent. And like, I know the broad strokes of it. And I kind of, you, you kind of know that beginning, like, okay, the, this this movie, this book, this story is the setup for everything. They got to introduce everything. You got to mm-hmm. introduce his backstory and the bad family. I didn't actually expect it to start with the um the like prologue harry's a baby here we go leave yeah. him, leave him on the it doorstep starts at thing. the beginning <laughs> yeah um I, I didn't realize that that would mm-hmm. be a thing um and even if i didn't know it like i looked at his scar on his face because i i don't know if if did they tell you that it was supposed to be a birthmark in in no. okay because i thought i heard that that was the thing it's but assume- it was like no so this is quite clearly a scar they told him that he was that his parents died in a car crash and so i think they told him that he got that in the crash ah uh, okay yeah yeah but you find out pretty quickly that's not the case right um so yeah th- to me this felt like a uh kind of a throwback to like i didn't see it as a child but it felt like movies that i saw as a kid um and that they were just pretty simple straightforward scene after scene of things where you're just you're just kind of getting new information in a very sort of whimsical way yeah, like that's this the, happens and then this happens it's a, it's a whimsical movie it's like oh the beginning of it is in this very um sort of gothic british kids story it feels like and this isn't a British story, but it's very much borrowing from those. It felt like uh, um, almost a, a series of unfortunate events at the beginning. 
which is a book series that I, I did read that. as a kid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, the, the, the family are, they're a little bit caricature. Yeah. They're they're it, it, And maybe they're less so in the books. I'm, I'm no, sure. No, no. They're that bad. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. They're, they're <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, you get the hamminess of, of especially the father. He's more in the book. We're actually. just like, oh my gosh, this, mm-hmm. this dude is, uh, is a lot. Um, and, uh, okay. These, these are, these are just the worst people. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of like rolling my eyes a little bit at that. I mean, it's a kid's story. Um, it, do, it does seem over the top watching I, well, it as an I felt adult. like that tone didn't like carry through the rest of the movie. Like the characters are not necessarily like these over the top caricatures. Ironically, the wizards and magical people seemed more uh, toned down by comparison, which is I'm sure intentional, but it's just kind of a weird flip flop of what you might expect going in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but it's, it's yeah. Um, it just feels like a series of like, fascinating little events that happen and you're getting backstory and uh, yeah. So I didn't, um, you know, I didn't love this movie. I didn't expect to love the movie, but I, I think it's good. Um, I think it, it's kind of good in the sense of like, I could tell the storytelling was good and I can tell why people like this thing. And um, it seemed there are ideas on display and it's, I, I'm so used to generic ripoffs of things that, that actually capture people's imaginations. It's really f- fascinating because I think something that really captures a culture's imagination, they don't, they don't come around very often. There's a couple yeah. times a decade, uh, maybe less than that, mm-hmm. where you get something that's really, that really generates that kind of public interest. So could- and then, and then a lot of the other stuff is trying to do that yeah. and just not getting there. And it's not, it's not necessarily a, a quality thing. Although I can tell, I, I trust what you say in terms of like Rowling is a good writer. Yeah. Um, she's a good storyteller. There's, there's a lot of setup and payoff and stuff like that. Uh, I can tell that that's in place, but, um, and I don't think that's necessarily what's absent from all the other ones. It's just getting that t- tonic of, interesting ideas and whimsical stuff and characters to, to, to all fire on, on all cylinders. Uh, it's a rare thing. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I, I to me, I, I think this is like a three star movie. Um, cause like it's not for me and sure. I know that it's not for me, but I think it, it, it would have been something that I would have been very charmed by if I was in the, the target age range. Mm-hmm. And as it is, it's like, okay, that was, that was interesting enough to watch. Yeah. Um, so you seem to have been able, like you kind of felt the specialness about it, at least to some degree. Oh yeah. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I'll take it. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Well, and, and that's also predicated on the, the fact that I know that it gets more interesting right. and more mature as the series goes on. So like, I'm kind of interested in seeing where things go and how it plays out. Mm-hmm. in the future uh and this wasn't like an unbearably boring or childish start and i did like some of the things you know it's not that i'm opposed to seeing things that are childlike um we've talked recently about both the lego movies mm-hmm. um and the childlikeness of them uh is is something that's very appealing and there there were some things in this movie where i was just like yeah that's 
it's very classic. It reminds you of your childhood. The fact that like Hermione is this like know-it-all bookworm kid. And you're like, oh, I knew kids like that. <laughs> no people Instantly like that. hate her. <laughs> uh, not hate, but just like, yeah. oh, you, yep. you're that person. Yep. Um, and, and, you know, Draco Malfoy pops up and is like, oh, man. With the slicked, I, the slicked back hair and the entitled attitude. So oh, my gosh. I know a version of that kid, too. There's these these kind of classic archetypes. But not they weren't too stock um, mm-hmm. to be, like, totally flat and uninteresting. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's a thing where, like, yes, they're more fleshed out in the book because there's more words. But, this this uh, one's pretty pretty close. Like, you get yeah. them a lot. You, you said that, and, and in terms of, like, the structure of the movie, I could really tell that it was a very faithful adaptation. Like, you can feel the chapter divides yeah. almost yeah. in the movie. They're, they're Be- almost exact. Because the the scenes are so clearly kind of delineated. that uh, And I don't know, I, I, that was kind of charming because I think uh, a lot of movies now move at such a quick pace where everything feels a little bit, and this was at times this was a little slow for me. I was like, yeah, this this scene's kind of boring. Whatever. They go to Hagrid's hut maybe one too many times. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Should have told you that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he has a catchphrase. I yeah. like Hagrid. Uh, I think Hagrid's I, great. His his uh, actor was very charming yeah. in that role. You mentioned some of the performances. Like I I agree with you. I think the kids are they're 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 either they're serviceable to pretty okay. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like that's fair. Yeah, I think I think Radcliffe is like he's he's cute. Um, they're mm-hmm. they're cute. I thought if you know if I'm being totally brutally honest, I thought like maybe um, Emma Watson was maybe the weak link there, but it's also perhaps just because of how she's written and she had the least to do she, in this one. Um, mm. Or uh, yeah, I mean. Yeah, she her character doesn't really do a lot of stuff yet. Yeah. So yeah, where she is just supposed to be the precocious kind of brainy. She has a moment with Harry there near the end where she's like, "I'm smart, but <laughs> but I'm not like brave like you are," and you know, things like that. So it's interesting because I thought I thought Ron had less to do than her. Like Ron's just literally the best friend sidekick. Like I'm here. Hey, Ron, I'm not as good at you two as at anything, but Ron, I'm here. Ron serves a little bit as a kind of a bridge for Harry between, um, like, kind of explaining some more about how the wizarding world works, um, and does just just really kind of take him in. Um, it's like, hey, you know, from from can I sit on with you on the train? Um, to mm-hmm. hey, it's Christmas, and yeah, you've got presents. Yeah, he's um, the friend. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess it just seems more relevant for Harry having never have been being so isolated coming in. Yeah. He needed a, a friend. Mm-hmm. I think there's, I don't remember if Ron talks in the book about how scared or how important it was for him to be a Gryffindor. Cause I remember, I feel like I remember reading the book and being a lot more in suspense in that sorting scene. Um, Oh yeah. Because yeah, like his whole family is Gryffindors and it's really like he was terrified to be a Slytherin because that is like, no. Um, yeah, like that would be terrible. And because that's why Harry knows to ask, please don't put me in Slytherin. Yeah. You don't want to go over to House Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> oh, no. It's so gross. Um, 
because the Sl- the Slytherins are supposed to be cunning, um, like snakes. Yeah, they slither. They, like they don't it, have to be is, bad. Right? They don't. They don't have to be bad. Um, they're but they're like achievement oriented. They're they're power oriented. They're snakes cunning. Don't have to be bad either, mm-hmm. but they are. Well, I mean that's that is their mascot. The Gryffindor mascot is a lion. It, it was funny because uh, early in the movie when. Um, when Harry talks to the snake in the zoo <laughs> and, and I, I made the joke like, Oh yeah, no wonder people thought this was, so, the, you know, the really conservative Christians thought this was satanic mm-hmm. for five they minutes in the movie. And he's already talking to Satan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know of anyone who said not to read or watch Harry Potter that actually read or watched them. So I'll just leave that there. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, if anything, in terms of like kids and stuff, like I would, I would just be worried about this being too scary. And it's scary. It is. There's, mm-hmm. yeah. There was there the first time I watched it. There was, I don't remember if mom covered my eyes during that part in the woods or not, but she definitely covered my eyes and told me to look away uh, at the at the big reveal there at the end because that was Janice? really freaking scary. Who was what? No, Janice is a is a god with two faces. Okay. Is on the face on the back, face on the front. Oh. It's a Greek thing. Oh. It's a, that was a smarty pants reference that I made. I am I am the Bravo. I am the Hermione of this podcast right now. <laughs> Listen, what we does all that make we, me? <laughs> we all ripped off the Greeks is what I'm saying. It's true. It's true. Who probably ripped off some even more ancient civilization that isn't as well remembered. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Mm-hmm. The Persians I know got ripped off the of Persians. a lot. No, they did. Cares about because the Greeks stole it. That's right. <laughs> Foundation of Western civilization, and don't you forget it. Oh, my goodness. All Philosophers right, so. and their stones. So three stars, yeah, that's that's pretty generous. You, <laughs> you see that segue? Um, pretty generous. Thanks, thanks. Well, you, you've always been, like, quick to say that you just don't care. Um, so yeah. I'm, I am very pleased. Well, if um, I thought it didn't really work... I, you know, I would be harsher, but I'm like, okay, I see what works about this. Yeah. And it, and it feels like there, it's quaint. There's a mm-hmm. throwback. It's, you can get the, the, it, this is inspired by a book mm-hmm. feelings and, you know, there are parts of it, like I said, that didn't work for me. That's um, fair. I mean, yeah. Cause it's, they're, they're not perfect movies. Um, I like, I would give it a four. Um, okay. As, as I was going to ask your rating. Yeah. Yeah. I'd give it a four stars out of five. Um, cause yeah, it's. It's it's not perfect. It's a little bit long. Some of it, I think, could be refined a little bit more. I think we underestimate kids um, and their ability to understand nuance. Um, I don't think they're great at it, but <laughs> I think they can probably do more than we expect. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think some of it is a little extreme. I don't um, – the, the scene with Dumbledore at the end is too short is one of my biggest criticisms. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, I liked that. I, I, I surprisingly liked uh, Dumbledore because, uh, you know, to be honest, uh, I think Dumbledore is a dumb name, <laughs> and it's always Al- Albus, Albus, Percival, Dumb- okay, Wolfric, Brian. Oh wow, Dumbledore. Oh wow, he's got he's got uh, many. Five. He's got five. Albus, names. Percival, Wolfric, Brian, wow. Dumbledore. Okay, well, 
yeah, you just you just made it unstupid. No, it's Dumble, <laughs> Dumbledore. It's it's got. I it's, love Brian. Dumb is literally in, in the name, and I've just I've always thought that there's a lot of names in Harry Potter that I've heard over the years, and I'm just like that. That's a that's a goofy name. Yeah, she used to uh, visit cemeteries to find. <laughs> No, no, true story. True story. No, I have heard this. Um, to find yeah. names, like they're all, but that's I know. I know that's where she found well, listen, Hermione. History has has some pretty silly names mm-hmm. in it. So yeah, mm-hmm. old British Irish graveyards. Uh, that's yeah. where this came from. That's funny. Uh, but yeah, I, I surprisingly liked the character of Dumbledore. Um, like okay, it's interesting, and I, he 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 has that sort of mysterious quality to him of. Um, you know, not to make the obviously eye rolling comparison to Gandalf, but uh, that 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 quality of you're not really sure how he's going to react to things mm-hmm. um, because, you know, when Harry finds the mirror and all that, he's very he's not like yours, you're in trouble. Like like all of the other teachers react kind of like you would expect teachers to react. Yeah. And not all of the other ones, but but the main ones, I guess. Um, and well. McGonagall surprises Snape is you. his own deal. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah. McGonagall surprises you when she takes Harry to, to be uh, the seeker for Quidditch. You think he's busted for flying. Right. But yeah, that's, by that's and large, they're, uh, the teachers are teachers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and uh, but, you know, so, you know, Dumbledore is interesting because he obviously has a lot of knowledge about the big goings on. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that he decides to reveal certain information to Harry that's sort of weird to me, and I didn't know exactly how to react to that. Like, I think it's cool in the context of a, 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 a story for kids that, like, all the adults aren't just saying, like, this is, this is not for your ears, because um, that would be boring, even if it's realistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is it, it's sort of weird, and, and we'll probably also talk about this in a bit, but uh, Harry Potter seemingly to me, I think this is a very fair assessment. He gets incredibly special treatment. Oh yeah. And, and, and the, mm-hmm. like, I'm sure there are like story reasons for that, but it's a very like, yeah. I mean, they point that out in the story. Oh yeah, like, yeah. They, they do. Um, yeah. and, and that was kind of, that was kind of interesting. Cause obviously the contrast there is like, he's treated like complete dirt at his, at his home for all his life. And then Mm. he comes to this place and he's an instant celebrity Mm. for reasons that he really doesn't understand. That's an interesting concept. Um, and I don't know if they, I I don't want to get off into like what we may talk about in future anyway, Mm -hmm. but just from my standpoint of not knowing where things go and not seeing, having seen them before, like it would be interesting to me if there's a, if they're, if they discussed that kind of theme farther of like, his privilege there and and his legacy and how that fits in beyond just like oh it makes you the qualified hero mm-hmm. um i think that's a very like 2019 sort of uh, way of looking at it uh, um with how you know stories and the conversation about heroes and stuff has sh- has shaped up since so i don't know if they do that but that sort of sticks out to me as a modern um as a modern viewer of this mm. seeing it for the first time like one of the one of the things that has been a huge uh, critique of of uh, many people of the new Star Wars movies is the whole Ray is a Mary Sue thing, which is whatever. That's let's, we leave that over there in Star Wars land. But but in terms of like the classical hero's journey is that the hero 
you know, they, they learn and develop their skills. They may mm-hmm. have like an, an innate natural ability to be a leader or have superpowers or magical ability or whatever it is. And they may come from like a noble bloodline, this and that, but they, they like have to struggle to overcome certain obstacles in order to harness their skills and then, you know, go and be the hero. Right. I mean, like that's, that's in broad strokes. That's very important to the hero's journey, which is fairly foundational to Western literature. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like what, what's been talked about lately is like heroes that get seemingly get too easy a pass, um, versus the ones that have to kind of claw and earn it. And I think in some ways that's also related to a bit of a, a, a classist, um, reading of all this stuff mm-hmm. and I'm not necessarily I'm not a fan of that it can be applicable it can be important and it can also be um it, I, yeah it, that's its own thing yeah. but it does seem to me that like Harry Potter comes in and he's he's like really good at the broom thing right away yeah um he can he doesn't have a knowledge right but he when he tries to do stuff he can do it he's the, not as good as at Hermione but um, she knows stuff. Spells. She she knows everything. Um. Yeah. But she has a, a knack like with the feather, um, the feather like the the levitation spell. Mm-hmm. She she grasps spells and things like that quicker than Harry and Ron do. Um. But yes, Harry is a naturally gifted flyer. Yeah. But it, the, the so like, like I jokingly pointed this out, but uh, you know you could take the reading of like, oh well, Harry Potter he's got the special family and lineage and stuff like that. And Hermione worked for it by reading all these books and studying and being, you know, uh, like putting in the work. And then, and then Harry Potter is just like, oh, I'm better, even though I don't, didn't know I was a wizard until this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and that, I don't think that's a necessarily a problem, but it's just like, it sticks out to me. Um, again, coming from a modern context where there's been a lot of conversation about how to portray like heroes with, you know, powers and special abilities and stuff like that. Right. They, um, um, there's a lot of class discussion in Harry Potter. It starts more in the next one. Hmm. Um, they lay the groundwork for it in this. There are a couple people talking about, uh, like, like Seamus says, you know, my, uh, he's the one who blows everything up. Okay, uh, thank dad's, you. <laughs> dad, dad's a wizard, mom's a witch. And they, um, uh, Harry's, um, Aunt Petunia, she she does talk about how you know the that her her parents were thrilled to have a witch in the family. So you it, they don't tell you, but you can put together that Harry's mom was from non magic, uh, a non magic family. Um, so she's like, um, like I don't actually think they say in this movie that that Hermione's parents that Hermione's Hermione's not from magic parents either. Boom. 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 I think I've heard that at some Um, point. So so Harry's half-blood, as they would call it, um, which isn't like a nice way to say it, but... um, Oh, it's a a slur. It's a magic land slur. They have a slur that I won't say. (laughs) Half-blood. Half-blood is not the slur. We don't don't Um, promote real or fake slurs on on popcorn not included. Words matter. I will stand by that. Um, But there's a lot of class discussion... um, and, and yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily want to talk okay, more no. about that, but I do think that it's, makes sense. I, I, what I really, really like about Harry Potter is, is there, there really is a lot there, um, thematically and 
yeah. and meat wise in terms of character relationships. Um, it's funny cause we were talking, um, in our Captain Marvel review, you said that a lot of times the humans didn't respond in ways that were particularly human. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking about that watching this where I think they do a lot of the time. Yeah, they do. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I think a lot of that is, is really good and sure. Like you can, you can come up with, with the, like having a magical world plot holes all day if you want to be that person. But, um, but I think Harry, yeah, like Harry has a, a very reasonable reaction, um, to being a kid and being, and finding out all of this stuff. Um, and, and his journey of putting together who he is and his understanding of who he is and his relationship to this broader story of this bad guy is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, we don't have to get into things again that they'll be in the future. Mm. Again, this the the point of this is you reacting from a standpoint of someone who's been a fan for years mm-hmm. and me coming to these mostly oblivious. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I I did I did think that characters reacted in in like a recognizably human way. Mm-hmm. Um and that that's what really helps ground something that is Otherwise, introducing random whimsical elements every scene. Yeah, there are like, unicorns oh, and centaurs. Here's a, here's and... a talking hat. Well, I mean, unicorns and centaurs are like you know what those are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's like, oh, here's a here's a talking hat, um, which I I actually yeah, the talking hat was pretty great. Um, and it, it, it's like I recognize that voice actor. <laughs> um, uh, I, I and some of the things that the kids did, you know, not just the archetypes like we talked about that they kind of fit like those those roles that you you can remember from your days in school. But like, there's the kid who's trying to turn his water into rum. It's like yeah. that's that's hilarious. Yeah. Yes, some of the just the mischief that kids would would get up to, um, and it was it was funny and charming when, when those moments rolled around. So mm. I, I think stuff like that. What was was something that helped me like continue to keep my interest? Yeah, I'm surprised that um, that you liked Dumbledore so much because yeah, because yeah, one of the things that I, I wish that that scene at the end with Dumbledore talking to Harry in the hospital um, and kind of explaining what happened is very brief, um, and I don't find even satisfying knowing more um, hmm. than what because it's he touched well, it's his face and he turned to crumbs. <laughs> And Dumbledore said, because love. Well, that part I thought was dumb. Mm. Um, but I just meant the way that the the way that he generally deals with Harry. I loved the line about, oh, what what happened down there was very secret. Oh, yeah. So, of course, <laughs> the whole school knows. Yeah. There's, that's just kind of uh, the writing of it is it just reminds me of old British literature that I read as a kid. Mm-hmm. You know? um, and, and that's very charming. And uh, and. Uh, it lends a nostalgia to me that I don't have for this particular series, but that I do have for that type of that lineage of, of children's uh, literature. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. That you can pick, pick up those pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting because in terms of these movies, um, the, the Narnia movies got made essentially because of the success of the Harry Potter movies, mm-hmm. because Hollywood producers and stuff and their infinite wisdom were saying, American children are not going to be interested in some story about British school kids. Um, and then look at that. Harry Potter <laughs> became a huge success, the books and the movies. Um, and so then they greenlit those. 
and the Narnia movies are not very good by and large. <laughs> Which, you know, that's an interesting comparison as well. It's been ages since I've seen the Narnia movies, but I, I don't, there are parts of those movies that I think are okay, but by and large, I don't think they work that well. I really liked that first one. It was fine. Yeah. It was I, I never, fine. I saw that one. I saw the second one. I never saw the other one. But here, and here's like, this is super blasphemous for me to say in, in like the context Uh-oh. of the Christian community, but I don't think the Narnia stories are that good. Mm. Um, I, I think they're actually... well, they're well written. Lewis, C.S. Lewis was a, a very good writer. His prose is good. He is very readable. It's very like charming, but I think the stories themselves are not like I, I, I would imagine that I would probably in, enjoy and appreciate and, and esteem something more like Harry Potter because it's a serialized thing that builds on its characters and plots and situations from book one to book seven. Whereas mm. Narnia is like seven individual stories that kind of form this patchwork quilt of a, of a you know story about some of the same characters and the, the the, the, mag- the magical world that it yeah. takes place in you know um but i think they're very hit and miss and i have no real as somebody who grew up with those mm-hmm. books i have no real interest in them at this point yeah i, I so i've only actually read two um oh, I, really? never, I never got through it yeah because i it um because i'm i uh you know I, I feel like i need to read them and in order um and uh, and in the the Lewis intentioned order of the the magician's nephew being first, because um, eh. yeah, I've read magician's nephew and I've read uh, Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe and that's it. Because um, yeah, I I don't know. I uh, they have good. I- there's some good ideas and good elements to them for sure. I don't mm-hmm. want to just say yeah, I know. But um, I th- I think I would have a hard time with it as an adult now because I, my preferences are for different things. Yeah, I love the serialized story. I love the story that consequences of one action lead into the reaction of the next thing action reaction you know that's something we we really hit on in in breaking bad Mm -hmm. um and so just the idea of having the same characters and seeing where they go and what they do with the obstacles that come at them narnia breaking bad and and harry potter pretty much the same story is what i'm saying but no it's it's um it is kind of interesting to, I'm not certainly any kind of expert in British literature and certainly not British children's literature, but, mm-hmm. um, and, and fantasy literature of any of it, but I, there are clearly parallels and, and things where she was influenced by Lewis and Tolkien, definitely. Sure. Um, and that's, that's kind of fun and interesting to, to look and, and see, and even like some of the same words and language that they use to describe villains is similar. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I, we didn't, we didn't get around to talking about some of the other characters and, and actors. I think by and large, it's like a, mm-hmm. it's a pretty well cast movie. Mm-hmm. Nobody seemed like to be the wrong for the part, but this is me again, not having preconceived notions about who these characters are supposed well, to I be in what portrayal, uh, you know, whether it's right or wrong for them, but, uh, you know, so I, I, you know, by and large liked the actors and, and the kids did a fine job. The, um, I'm not sure what I think of Alan Rickman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I want to be clear. I love Alan Rickman. He's so much fun to watch. Yeah. 
and, and, but he is chewing so much scenery in this movie. And I don't know if I like that or if it detracts. I mean, you're not supposed to know what to make of Snape. And he, I, I think he's playing the character pretty faithfully, though, yes, very dramatically. Um, Harry Potter. You think I'm being dramatic? Uh, Big, long pauses, very sinister delivery. Yeah. Again, this these movies are new to me. Yeah. All I can think of is just Hans Gruber with a bad haircut. <laughs> well, so maybe now you imagine how having that be Alan Rickman for me. Yeah. Watching Die Hard. And it, it was like, this is hilarious. Snape with the German accent. <laughs> and his band of he-men. But he is hilarious. Like, he's, he's, he's great. He's fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, he's one of those actors that just has an on-screen presence and charisma not sure yeah maybe he's great in in the role at this point at this point it seemed it, it seemed like you know there is, it's the misdirection thing like you're supposed to think he's shady and up to stuff probably because he is about other things he just didn't harry potter just didn't happen to be right this time about who was you know uh, i didn't that other guy who it ended up being coral yeah yeah you don't notice him at all. Well, I noticed, you know. You also missed the scene where he met him in the bar oh, okay. um, before they went to Diagon Alley. Okay. But it's very slight. Like, you just meet him and he's like, oh, you're Harry Potter. Wow. And, you know, like everybody is. Did people complain because he's wearing a turban? No. Okay. <laughs> that seems much more awkward now than it than it probably did then. Um. Yeah, I always just thought that was just a personal choice. I didn't really think much about it <laughs> well, until I knew why. Well, to, to be, yeah, I mean, to be clear, he's he's not, like, depicted as, as being, like, Middle Eastern or or anything. Like, I mean, he's a white dude. It just, it seems, I don't know, it seems kind of wizardy. Like, wizards wear weird outfits. So it's like, sure. okay, sure, wear a purple turban with, like, a bunch hanging out. I don't know. It's kind of Middle Eastern associated, though. Like, that's what, the you know, like, the genie or something would be wearing. Yeah, I don't think I knew wrapping. that. Oh, okay. On my first viewing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. That's just one of those things so. that, that has, <laughs> you know, maybe aged a little bit strangely. Yeah. Uh, maybe. But of course, like he's wearing a head garment for a reason. Because then he unwraps it and, and very frightening CGI pops out of the back of his. <laughs> I don't think that looks bad. It Do you think that looks bad? Uh, it doesn't look great, but it doesn't, it's not the worst effect in the film by far. It's definitely not. It looks disturbing and creepy Mm -hmm. which is what it's going for so even if it looks like not natural that kind of that kind of works in its favor Mm -hmm. what bothered me more was was some of the scenes i think just the lighting was kind of it it made things look a little cheap uh like that very first scene where the 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 wizardy people are are dumbledore and mcgonagall Mm -hmm. and was hagrid there uh, he shows up a little bit because yes. okay. he brings Harry. Those, those are the three. Yeah. And then, yeah, and they drop Harry Potter off on on his family's door. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that scene in particular struck me. You know, it was the very first scene in the movie. So I was like, oh, is this what the whole movie is going to look like? Oh, no. Um, because it, 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 they just they look very much like um, like three old people wearing bad Halloween costumes, <laughs> like standing on some it's a little weird British neighborhood. Yeah. And I was. It's. I think it's, there's something about the lighting and and the way that it, it. I think that's that's a tough thing. Is like 
your production design can be good, but if you don't light it appropriately, then the fakeness stands out more. And I think some of the scenes were a little bit closer to that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and other ones looked completely fine, completely fine. But it's just unfair when you compare it to like Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, they're, they're, they get compared a lot and characters especially get compared a lot. Um, but they are in essence, very different animals. Yeah. Oh, so I, I will say in terms of, you know, just the filmmaking of it to stay on that subject, mm-hmm. I, I thought the the direction and editing and, and those kind of choices was, it was all fine, but there wasn't a whole lot of uh, style to it. I, I read that, that this is directed by Chris Columbus, um, that he was going for a sort of golden book storybook kind of look to it. So mm-hmm. it's got like brighter colors than some of the later ones. And yeah. maybe it's supposed to look a little artificial at times. It's supposed to look, look a little bit more painterly, like especially in the Quidditch scene, the the backdrop there of the mountains and stuff like that. I don't know if it was a matte painting, but it it kind of looked like it was a matte painting to me. Mm, and it, it may very well be because I mean, obviously that was composited in, um, but, but I think, I think some of that's very intentional. The, the one scene that bothered me from just, uh, a filmmaking standpoint was the chess scene towards the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something that like you, you, you had a completely different view of. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't think you're wrong. I just experienced it differently. Sure. Cause that scene really works for me, but I don't, I don't know anything about chess. So I don't like if they, I think had been more chessy, I would have been like, Mer. yeah. I mean, so like most of the film is, is like we've said, these sort of episodic moments. You got the beginning of the movie where it's the setup with Harry and his family. Then he gets to Hogwarts. And then we have this school movie where it's little bits and pieces of school life here, setting up the bully, doing all these, these classical school things with wizard twists on it. Um, <laughs> and, and then you get to the end, which is, it felt to me like, like I told you, like an Indiana Jones or sort of a, a national treasury kind of the quest. end of the yeah the quest, like when they go into like the tomb or the ancient ruin yeah, and they have to pass this room has has a you know booby trap that we have to get around this and it's yeah. just it's the wizard twist on that and i thought that was okay but i just kind of knew I, I felt like maybe too much of the movie was here is magical thing deal with it and all this was was kind of like getting to the ending confrontation so there's the dog there's the like vine things and and then there's the chessboard the and, keys too oh there's the okay i f- forgot yeah. about there's maybe one of those that they should have just cut even if it was from the book like don't need like that many trials maybe um uh, again the movie was long and it mm-hmm. you know kind of kind of felt it at times but the chess scene like is supposed to be sort of the emotional moment of the movie where the kids uh, you know, sacrifice for each other. And, you know, like I get what they're doing there, but that scene completely fell flat for me because of the editing and the way that they kind of chose to, to cover it. Cause it's this chess game 
And anytime you're going to show a game in a film, you obviously have to condense it. And you also have to account for audience members who don't maybe know the ins and outs of all the rules. Uh, You know, not everybody knows how to play chess. And even if you do, you may not be so adept at chess that you could, you, you know, you can show a quick shot of the board and know what's going on. But, uh, they, they figure out, Oh, Hey, this, this is deadly chess. Mm -hmm. Like they were playing in miniature before. And now the stakes are the lives of the kids, except that they're not. Um, and I thought that was just kind of lame because Ron says, oh, I got to sacrifice myself, which seemed needless the way that the scene was staged because he's like sitting on the knight, the horseback of the of the knight chess piece. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you, you could just slip off the piece. Like, <laughs> like the queen only slashes the top part of the piece anyway. Like the bottom's intact, dude. Uh, and it's, it's like, I'm not faulting the scene conception, yeah. but I think the way that the, the filmmaker shot it, um, it, it made me ask a bunch of questions about why are they doing this this way? Yeah. Well, you said before that you, you kind of, you don't know how the game is going until that point. Right. You don't hear, you know, is yeah. it how are they winning? Are they losing it? Mm-hmm. You got, I have always read it as um, kind of a draw because it's just explosion, explosion, explosion. <laughs> and I, I took that as like alternating turns. Yeah. Um, it's funny that they, but, just, they chose to represent the majority of that chess game with explosions. <laughs> uh, yeah. Chess, not a game known for... Um, <laughs> not exactly, no. That kind of thing. It's a, it's a cerebral game, but then they decided to just blow up a bunch of miniatures. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what... Uh, it just was very jarring to me to see, because they, they cut from like a medium close-up of, uh, of a chess piece blowing up and then they cut to another one, yeah. the same kind of angle. And it's just that, 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 that. And I was like, is this supposed to be a montage of the game? Because the way that it's cut without any change in angle or yeah. any in- information about where. It flashes to Ron a couple times when Ron says, you know, this piece to that square. Yes. But, but you don't know what that means. But it's almost comically accelerated because the pacing of the scene earlier is you know, they, they spend a little bit of, of actual time figuring out, oh, this is the deadly chess game from, yeah. and now we're, we're in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I kind of knew where they were going with it, but then it, it, it like sped up too quickly. And most of the movie, it takes its time with things. Yeah. And, and like I said before, that drags a little bit in some parts, but I think it mostly works to the, to the advantage of the movie. But this one particular scene I just thought was kind of bungled and it wouldn't be such a big deal except that it's right at the end there yeah it's a big emotional scene it's supposed to be like harry's friends sacrifice for him so he can go do hero thing Mm -hmm. and then that kind of leads you right into the hero thing which i also thought was a little bit weird it is (laughs) yeah um because one harry gets there and discovers it's it's weird turban teacher Mm um and he doesn't really have a plan or Harry or the turban teacher. No, Harry doesn't have a yeah. plan. He's just going to go stop this adult who's, you know, knows all the wizardy things, presumably because he is a teacher. Yep. A- and Harry is a first year student who like is obviously got a lot of ability, but he doesn't know. 
And Hermione's the one who like knows the playbook mm-hmm. and knows like, oh, I, we can use this spell in this situation. So she's the, the 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 one who like logically would be the best at surviving that scenario. But whatever, you know, it's Harry Potter's story. That's that's another place to me where it's like a little bit weird that he's put into such a traditional hero position, like already in this first book. Yeah. Um, does that scene? make more sense with future context or or not because it just it was weird not a ton i think plot wise that the first one establishes that voldemort is trying to come back it it does seem a little bit weird um with with him walking in there to just stop it though like that (laughs) seems to be like that's how like the percy jackson books are like that that's just kind of a genre thing i guess yeah i'm gonna go in here and stop the bad guy yeah um or, or die trying. It's just up until that point, they didn't really do anything that didn't make a lot of sense. Like the kids do stuff that maybe doesn't, isn't the smartest, but you, you but can dismiss kids. it because they're, they're kids. Yeah. But then uh, this, this is like a little bit too far. Um, and it, it kind of makes zero sense. Yeah. Um, and, and then the bad guy is defeated in, like by accident and incredibly easily and yes it's fine i know what this is yeah but coral isn't supposed to be a a strong challenger you know he kind of tries to imply that the stuttering was an act but the way that everybody kind of talks about him is they they don't really take him super seriously as a wizard yeah well he seemed like just a a flunky for for voldemort like here's this guy who's like probably very unsure of himself not very powerful. Oh, I want to serve the Dark Lord so that I will be a lieutenant of his when he comes back. And yes. I will. And yeah, you can get all that stuff. That's an archetype we've seen before as well. Right. So that's it's not that that doesn't make sense. It's just that I would expect a, an adult wizard who is knows enough to be a, a professor oh, at it's, this school it's- to be able to at least like. Because then he like, I, I don't, it's, this is other, this is a little nitpicky, but I'm just kind of curious from my standpoint, because I don't know what the wizard things are, Yeah. but he tries to get the stone mm-hmm. from Harry and he like goes over and tries to pick it up, which then ends up being a problem for him. Oh yeah. No. And Voldemort says, kill him. And he goes to strangle him. Yeah. What? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> wait, don't you have some like wizard th- yes. things yes. to kill? Like, I know this isn't Star Wars, but like. Do you not have any any force power type things yeah. <laughs> that could help you here? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that all feels just a, a bit of a, an odd climax for your your wizard movie. Um, and yeah, you could you could try and weasel your way out of that by by thinking that oh Voldemort didn't want him to use the spell because he tried to use the spell to kill Harry before and it didn't work. But no, yeah. Um, totally different situation no yeah so uh yeah that does not work for me you're you are correct yeah but yeah it doesn't ultimately ruin it because it's like the movie is is twofold to me that the the story it's like it's the it's the school stuff with the wizard twist which i think is what people really i think that's what really drew people to this series if i had to guess Mm -hmm. and then the bigger plot which we know now because it go we know now it goes places and that's like more intriguing in the future. But right now it just seemed like, well, we have to have a climax for this book. So yeah. here, here it is. Yeah. If it's not the most satisfying, well thought out thing, whatever. Yeah. Um, 
you, you got the other fun stuff with the kids. Mm-hmm. I, I will say, I do think this is the, the least satisfying ending of maybe all of them. Um, I think after, I think after this one, um, they make some more sense. Yeah. Um, well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause, cause it is of a, you know, this is, this is this way that Voldemort is trying to come back. Um, and they foil it by mostly dumb luck. And I love that they say that. <laughs> yes. Yes. He literally gives him points for dumb luck. Mm-hmm. Um, you laughed at, uh, at Neville's points pretty hard. Oh yeah. Yeah. So when they're, they're, they're getting their points at the ends and it's like, Oh, Slytherin wins, but wait, we have some final votes coming in uh-huh. from Florida. <laughs> no, but you laughed especially hard at Neville's. Yeah, or was it just the the gimmick of it? Of of. Well, yeah, because they freeze Neville, which I thought was like that seems like it's a little villainous to have your main characters just like straight up use that spell. Like, okay, all right, Hermione means business. Yeah, yeah. Uh. <laughs> I've always loved it that that because you've kind of forgotten about it by then. Exactly. Um, and I I just um there there are a lot of little moments like that in the series of where where Dumbledore says you know it takes a great deal of courage to stand up to your enemies but a great deal more to stand up to your friends 10 points for Neville yeah um, and, and I, right I do before really he love said that the, the name in it and it flashed it well I didn't really know I'm, I haven't got a grasp yeah. on all the names of the characters yeah. yet but then it flashed to him and I was like that's hilarious because most right most movies most stories would just have forgotten that moment in that character mm-hmm. especially in the movie adaptations like maybe that's in the book but you you cut it for time in, right. in the movie that was hilarious <laughs> but I, I think it's a sweet and true moment where i i, I, well, I think the series does that kind of thing really well that's another thing that makes dumbledore like sort of interesting mm-hmm. um and you're like, oh, you're never quite sure how he's going to react to situations. Like, I, I don't have a good handle on that at this point, and that that makes well, him, you're not supposed to. Yeah. That makes that that makes him interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I will say that overall, I didn't. This was not a super predictable story. And again, it's it's less of a a a big story than just a bunch of individual little scenes that are that are loosely interconnected. Right. Uh, but I didn't. I didn't have a lot of moments during the film where I was like, well, this is going to happen next. And then it happens next. Um, there's, there is creativity throughout and it didn't feel like either taking the most obvious route nor, um, only existing to subvert your expectations about what's going to happen. It's this happy middle ground. And that's, that's great. Um, where things should be that way. Yeah. Uh, the the very end of the movie though i think is is kind of funny because mm. again to to me as as a person who's in isolation only seen this movie so far the end of the movie is he goes back to his terrible awful life with with his fa- with his not family his not home family yeah mm-hmm. exactly and that's like the happy end there you go Except well, and then like Hagrid's that, like you could you could you could mess with his ears, like oh. I think it kind of leans into a little a, creepy. It's a more subtle to be continued, I guess. Sure. Um, yes. But I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's just funny to me mm-hmm. that if you you're not necessarily meant to think about that, I don't think you're just like oh yes, school term has ended. I think you are because because okay. Hermione says it's weird to be going home, and he says it's not home. Well, it's like. The, that's that's the line that's like oh i found my place i am i am a wizard yeah 
The man told me that I was a wizard. Now I'm a wizard. I, I defeated the lackey of the Dark Lord accidentally by t- touching him. Yep. The same way Powers I... Powers ac- I didn't know I had. The same way I accidentally p- put my cousin in the snake cage. <laughs> yeah. Which, I don't, I don't know if that's like a, a clever book ending thing but it, it almost it almost maybe is <laughs> i mean this this is definitely the stage where uh, harry is figuring it out uh, figuring out how to be a wizard figuring out who he is um and that's that's fun it's it's fun um so yeah um i'm so pleased that you can sense some of the specialness about it that's i'm i'm pretty stoked about that like because yeah i mean i i don't know what I would think about them watching them now for the first time. I can't really mm-hmm. imagine that. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I think that's really cool that you can think that it's good <laughs> in some yeah. way. I mean, I won't be getting any, uh, I won't be declaring my house. I don't uh, know that anybody would after just the first one. I won't be, uh, getting a tattoo or anything. I'm uh, not getting a tattoo I for anything. Would be, it wouldn't. Yes, that's also true. <laughs> I won't be, uh, dressing up as one of the characters next halloween no um, except maybe the hat no i'm sure you're a hufflepuff like me oh thanks for that yeah i'm proud to be a hufflepuff uh, i am i have reached completion in my journey this where is, this I is am the thing that i meant i wouldn't be doing but anyway <laughs> well we'll we'll see how it continues on i'm i'm curious where it goes partially in terms of like the story itself partially in terms of of our reactions to it Mm -hmm. i'm excited (laughs) so well good 